This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. Hi, I'm Mike Kafkin. Thank you very much, Lance, for inviting me for the podcast. Sure. I've been in IT world uh, over 25 years, engaging in, in every facet of uh, software development, implementation at all levels. I've been in the first batch of uh, kind of agile followers. Uh, I work with US Bank, United Health Group, and two consultancies, including uh, EPAM, where currently I play the role of the manager of technology services, DevTestSecOps. This series with Coach Mike Kovkin started in episode 113. Go search up the show archive to catch up if you've missed those episodes. And uh, with that, I have a great experience using BDD. I was at the forefront of the whole BDD and shift left notion, and probably one of the first to implement the whole vision, the concept, and they were templatizing the uh, shift left within safe five, which, which works for our clients and for us. systems thinking and BDD. Can you uh, explain how those two connect together? If you look at the system thinking and traditional lean metrics from delivery time, cycle time, because we shift left, we shrink the um, development process for the whole epic. And then the whole decomposition, epic to feature, and then the feature. Like I said, the standard metric is like you only need one hour to develop the epic using the right uh, three amigos. And again, three amigos is everyone in the pool who you identify to for upfront collaborative design for this particular um, item and and for the future same way i have metrics from some of my clients where some of the um, uh, epics took maybe two three months in development and in fact because they were stretched so long uh, some some features start popping up before actually the epic <laughs> that's how impatient uh, the teams or the some some product owners became but now the, uh, the whole decomposition from including developing epic, decomposing the, the to the features level and developing features shrink only to one week or maybe a couple of weeks. So you can see the magnification of the uh, of the system thinking that we are not just uh, improving like uh, five ten percent. This is this is three five times fold. You know how we shrink the system thinking, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm keep telling about Kanban because now you can take, you know, once you break down features into user stories, user story titles and prioritize them and start putting feature files in Cucumber, you can actually, before actually the lowest priority feature file identified, you can start start implementing the, the highest priority feature files before okay. actually the whole feature is, uh, is uh, complete. So, okay. so there's lots of 
power and efficiency you can squeeze from this process. Cycle time also shrinks, you know, and and because we also eliminate some environments, our landscape becomes so efficient that uh, there is no low-hanging fruit. There is nothing. If you do VSM, this is it. There is nothing you can uh, you you can optimize because everything becomes at the at the maximum level of uh, optimization and efficiency. All right. And if you and if you done your automated delivery pipeline right, all the automated scans, security, everything, uh-huh. uh, then then you can see how some of the leaders of the pack deliver 10, 20 times a day uh, and have no and and never fail. So I think I'm hearing when you're saying systems thinking and BDD, you're saying that the, so we're going to deliver the highest value feature because, and that those features will also incorporate some BDD in the, at the feature level. Uh, it won't be just at the team level, which would be not systems thinking. We're just talking about at the team level. So that that's one thing. It looks like I'm just trying to translate a little bit about why yep, yep. you're saying systems thinking. So it sounds like it's incorporating BDD is across the whole system is one way of looking at it. It starts with the uh, portfolio down to Epic. the Epic, mm-hmm. down to the feature, your and down to the team. Yep, yep. And, uh, you got it. And possibly even, uh, and, and, and we've debated about this a little bit, about uh, having the uh, um, your asker, the source of requirements, uh, whoever's coming up with this bright idea uh, outside of IT uh, ought to be able to provide a few examples of how this feature ought to work as well. So it even can incorporate people outside of IT into this uh, system of, of behavior-driven development. Absolutely. And keep in mind that the uh, the whole efficiency, not just coming from the fact that uh, we inc- we include those test attributes into each uh, step of the um, uh portfolio product management, but we use the outmost powerful technique, which is upfront collaborative design using mm. three using three amigos. That means we select the right people for each particular item and bring them to the room and using certain protocol, that's how we develop. <laughs> What Mike is talking about is doing three amigos at the epic level, then at the feature level, there will be a three amigos meeting for each feature. Then the agile delivery teams will meet at the story level as well. At all of these levels, there are some amounts of scenario creation, which I'll now detail out. At the epic level, We want to define the MVP with a simple scenario. The output of these amigos is to create feature titles, which are the features that are needed to make the MVP work. At the features capabilities level, the amigos that are appropriate for each of the features and capabilities will be brought together by the product manager in charge of each of those features and capabilities. These amigos will define the mainstream scenario for their feature, and examples mapping is an important tool for helping to flesh out that mainstream scenario. Also, the KPI for the feature will be defined, and that KPI will be used to judge in the future whether this feature is delivering what was promised to the business. This also helps us have measurements for useful features or whether we have a lot of dead features that aren't adding much value. The output of this stage of Amigos 
is to map those scenario titles that they created when they were meeting and declare them as user story titles for the next step. How this is implemented in practice is that the Cucumber feature file is created and checked in and skeletons of the user stories are put into the user story management system. At the next stage, the Agile delivery teams get involved. And they take those user story titles, they flesh those out with their amigos and create scenarios and may use event mapping to help flesh that out as well. The teams at this point have the MVP scenario to go back and refer to, and they have the feature mainstream scenario to refer to. How this step is usually implemented is that during program increment planning, this is when the amigos meet and start working on their stories. They may not flesh out all of their user stories into BDD scenarios, but they get their first few iterations defined before the end of PI planning. These scenarios written at the story level will be checked into those feature files that were produced and checked in by the folks working at the feature level. The rest of the stories get worked out during their regular refinement meeting cadences that happen during their iterations. In summary, BDD is done at the epic level, BDD is done at the feature level, and BDD is done at the agile teams level. And in all cases, in each of those three stages, there are different sets of amigos that are appropriate for that level of detail. I'm Lucky Day. I'm Ned Niederlander. I'm Dusty Bottoms. And together we're the Three Amigos. <coughs> for example, at the epic level, you'll have the portfolio owner, the enterprise architect, the technical delivery owner, and so on. At the feature level, you'll have the product manager, the, perhaps some designers, and solution architects. And at the team level, they'll have the SMEs, the subject matter experts that they need to write those scenarios at the story level. Since Amigos tend to use examples mapping, I've put a link to Matt Wynn's description of examples mapping in the show notes. Keep in mind that the uh, the whole efficiency not just coming from the fact that uh, we inc we include those test attributes into each uh, step of the um, uh, portfolio product management, but we use the utmost powerful technique, which is upfront collaborative design using mm. three using three amigos. That means we select the right people for each particular item and bring them to the room and using certain protocol, that's how we develop. So instead of talk, which is cheap, you know, and usually <laughs> talk, talk, they captured something, they yeah, they, right. they call smart things like architecture runaway, but in fact, they, they keep hoping that at the lower level, somebody will figure out the knowledge, somebody uh. will figure out what it is. So basically, we flesh out uh, all dependencies, all deficiencies, e everything using this upfront collaborative design uh, technique. Yeah. Uh, and that makes it so efficient. Nice. Wouldn't it be great to develop new features with zero bugs? 
Deployment to production day doesn't have to be stressful. With some changes, it can be relaxing and just another day at the office. Are you a developer who has heard of test-driven development, but you haven't figured out how to apply it at work? If you have 90 minutes for a live over the web class, go to TDD Academy and sign up for my hands-on test-driven development coding dojo, TDD Academy. This series with Mike Kovkin about BDD started in episode 113. Go to the show archive by going to your favorite web browser and type in Lancer Agile Thoughts Archive. Next episode, more behavior-driven development. Now, I don't know, Mike, if you've uh, had uh, used BDD in other agile environments than SAFE. So if we think about this a little bit, uh, if you've worked in other environments where they don't use SAFE, do you find BDD is easier or harder to roll out in a SAFE environment? <laughs>